has finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli. Welcome, Blues, to episode 11 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Today, as usual, I'm joined by my co-host and City fan legend, Walter Smith. Welcome, Walter. How are you doing? You all right? I'm good. And we are also honoured to have with us Andy Turner from Man City Fan TV. Welcome, Andy. How are you? Hello, Mike. Hello, Walter. Guys, this is a sandwich pod. And by this, I mean we're going to reflect not only on yesterday's game at Cardiff, but also dig over the ashes of our shock defeat to Lyon and also last week's game at the Etihad against Fulham. So let's start with last night. Cardiff nil, City 5. Cardiff were playing Metallica in the pre-match playlist to get the crowd raved up. The Guardian called it an attacking masterclass and an imperious away performance. Walter, what was your reaction as you were going through and watching that? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of Metallica. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what made me laugh, because we're sat at home. I was searching around looking for a, a link, as it were. I started following about the first two or three minutes of the game on um, the Blue Moon Forum. I don't know what tablets those boys are taking. Digging out players left, right and centre. Gundogan shouldn't have been at the club. He shouldn't have been at the pitch. He shouldn't have been even in the UK, I don't think, by some fans' estimations. So, by the time I got a link, I thought, you know, Gundogan's going to be having this shocker. And <laughs> arguably man of the match. And uh, I was lucky. I got a I got a stream, and then the goals just started flooding in. There's not a player on the pitch who you can dig out. I thought it was either nine or ten out of ten performances all round, top to bottom, front to back. I think special mentions have got a goal number one, a Gundogan, Sterling, Aguero. Um, I mean, the defence didn't shine because it didn't need to shine. You know, it's just seemed like an all round, just fabulous performance and uh, straight back on track and the best way to answer the critics. Andy, 79% possession, 21 shots to Cardiff's 2, 10 on target, 9 corners to Cardiff's 1. What were your thoughts? Similar to Walter, I literally, I've been training out here so I, I managed to get my course finished just about 10 to 5 UK time so that I could get back and I could get a stream and whatever else and uh, yeah, I got my stream up about I don't know, six minutes past five. So I missed the first six minutes. But yeah, I agree with Walter in respect of the, I mean, certainly the first, I don't know, the first 20 minutes or so, it, we, I was looking at it thinking it's like Leon all over again. It's a bit of a hangover. What's going on? And where's David Silva? He's in my fantasy football team, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, oh my God, I was trying to work out what was going on with the formation. And yeah, it was the first 20 minutes or so I was thinking, oh, here we go again. But then suddenly we got the first goal and then uh, everything changed on that first goal. And what a finish by Sergio. And that was it then. I, I said it in the post-match video I did last night. It was just possession-based football. We absolutely battered them. It could have been 10, 12, and it could have been any score. So, uh, yeah, I agree with Walter. Gundogan has never been, I must admit, he's not like, been one of my favourites. Uh, I'll never call out one individual player ever, and I, did, I said that in my post-match reaction. But uh, I thought he was absolutely incredible yesterday and shown us 
just what he can do. So, yeah, it was it, all round. Sterling was, for me, alongside Gundogan, I thought, I've never seen Sterling since last season take not just one, but two, three, four players on. I mean, he was. It, it's almost like he had a point to prove. So I thought yesterday was absolutely back to our brilliant best. Walter, the lineup, of course, was Ederson, Walker, Odomendi, Laporte, Del, Fernandinho, Gundogan, Bernardo, Sterling, Aguero, and Sonny. Do we know why David Silva wasn't playing? Were you happy with that lineup? Uh, my first, that was my first initial reaction was to turn around and think, oh my God, where, we've, we've not got Kevin De Bruyne, we've not got Mendy, you know, and I'm sort of looking, thinking, where on earth is our magician? And um, to be honest, that did concern me a little bit. But then I remembered sort of, if you remember back to the summer and Pep was talking about David Silva, saying that he's, he wouldn't be starting and playing every single game. I mean, this is a guy who's retired from international football. I hope he just said to him, look, you're not playing, get yourself... I mean, I don't know if he was... Was he on the subs bench? Yeah, he was on the subs bench. But I'd have sent yeah. him back to Gran Canaria for a, yeah. for a nice so bit of a break, to be honest. But, so would I. Uh, I mean, people were screaming during the game to get Phil Foden on. After watching, and I know we're going to discuss it later and in more depth and detail, but after <laughs> watching that tackle go in, I thought, I don't want Foden anywhere near them cloggers. Because what they did to Sarney last year, and Gundogan's a lucky boy that, you know, his leg wasn't snapped in two. This is a tackle that's gone in with force, knee height, stud showing. And if that's not a red card, you know, it, it's, it just ticks every single box. But jumping back, I mean, to the lineup, yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, I was happy, happy. I mean, it's easy to say in retrospect, but besides the shock of David Silva, yeah, 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 I was happy. You know, it, was, it seemed like a, a full-strength sort of team that we could muster. Reminds me of the old Pantera album, A Vulgar Display of Power. And that's exactly what it was. <laughs> well, guys, these two sides met here in the FA Cup January. You'll remember when they were kicking lumps out of us. Cardiff's Joe Bennett was sent off. We overpowered them 2-0. For the first 30 minutes, was... It was a little bit flat in some parts, but you, you were both right. The first goal started us off, a sweeping counter-attack. We got one of those things that I've seen before. Ederson rolls the ball out. He could bowl the ball like a 10-pin bowling ball out to Gundogan after gathering a card of corner. Gundogan fed Silva, and a slide rule pass found Aguero, who fired into the bottom left corner first time. Unbelievable shot from Aguero. It was pinpoint precision, Andy. He's just getting better and better, and this knee surgery seems to have worked wonders. I think um, I think you only have to read what the Man City-following journalists say, the pundits say, never mind us as fans, we have our own channels and things like that, but he does look absolutely fired up at the moment. I mean, he looks hungry, and I've really not seen Sergio Aguero start as well as since he came on against Swansea. Uh, and get those two goals. Uh, he, he, he looks like he's, you know, he went home uh, early in the uh, World Cup and he looks like he's come back with a point to prove and probably thinking along the lines that, right, I've got maybe two, possibly three more years left. I'm going to try and break as many records as I possibly can. I'm going to look after myself and I'm, 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 I'm going to do everything I can to get my testimonial to to do everything I can for the Man City fans who absolutely adore me. And this season is started like that. And I honestly, honestly believe that this season, 
Sergio Aguero will get 30-plus Premier League goals, and he'll possibly hit over 50. Uh, Walter, we got the good news that uh, Sergio has signed a one-year extension. He'll be with us now to 2021. Tell us your thoughts about that first amazing strike, and, and what do you also think about this great news about the contract extension? Well, I mean, the contract extension's absolutely just just fantastic news. You know, for Manchester, for Manchester City fans, and for the club, it's we, we're talking about one of the world's greatest strikers here. If he goes, and you know, there's talk of him going back to Argentina, can you imagine the amount of money that we're going to have to lay out to replace him? This guy, now what I loved was his movement because he's coming in from behind the defender and he doesn't know if he's going to sprint towards goal. That would be the obvious route to take. But you've seen him, I don't know if you notice, he points to where he wants Bernardo to hit the ball. It's just a slight little point. Bernardo is looking up and, if you want it there, slaps it in. And, you know, it's it beats the defender to the ball. So, you know, he's crisp, he's sharp, but it's he manages to connect with the ball and goalkeeper didn't stand a chance. So, if he can keep this form up, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get 50, but I know he's going to score a bucket full of goals, you know, because this is a player... If you remember over the last few years, not not the last two, but the last few, he was suffering from injuries. And he just seems to, since Pep's come in, he seems to be playing. And Pep's moulded and changed Aguero as well. Aguero is a guy who will now trap back, will get involved in the build-up play and then move into the box. He will also hound defenders down. He doesn't just see it as his job to score goals. This is a, a complete all-round. I was watching this morning, people talk about Harry Kane being a complete all-round uh, attacking player. I wouldn't swap him for Aguero. No way. I think Aguero Never. is just moulded for us. Never in a million years. I mean, how people can <laughs> how people can turn around and say Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in the world and not put Aguero in there is. I, I find it absolutely... He's got the goals, as I mean, we're talking about two quality strikers here, you know. Andy, there was genuine concern when Gabriel Jesus was signed, especially after the great start that he made, and we saw Sergio sitting on the sidelines, that uh, the new guy was going to uh, supplant Sergio. Sergio would be packing his suitcase, but he's really showing everybody who's boss now, isn't he? I think when um, when uh, we signed Gabby uh, Jesus... Uh, I think he was, he was, the, it was with Moreno, and uh, we heard all the talk about Moreno actually being the better player than, uh, or the better signing than Jesus potentially. Well, as it turns out, Moreno's sort of gone off the radar and is is back in South America. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as can you really honestly believe that? Anybody in their right mind would look at Gabriel Jesus at, at the time, 19, 20 years of age, and, and look at the calibre and the quality of Sergio Aguero that's done it season in, season out, season in, season out, and say, oh, he, he's going to be the, he's going to be, that's it, that's Aguero finished, and Jesus has is, is going to take his place. Absolutely no chance. He's got a long, long, long 
and a lot of things to learn. Um, I think this season, what we've seen with Gabby is, uh, yeah, he doesn't look quite at it. He runs around, he chases down. He's, he's fantastic at doing things like that, but he's a kid. He's got, I mean, people need to get off his back. He, he's got so much to learn. We look at the age of Sergio now. Um, he's, he's, you know, like a fine quality wine. He's just getting into his. The bouquet now is, is is literally it's now coming to the fore. Uh, Twenty one years of age, Gabby Jesus, no chance. Uh, he's got a, at least another five years of developing, getting to a point where Sergio came to us from Atletico um, before he even gets in that realm of where Sergio Aguero is. So no, uh, for me, Gabby has got a lot of learning to do, and he will get there because. He's got that energy. He's got that enthusiasm, and he's he needs to work on his finishing. Because if you if you compare the two, Sergio's on a different planet compared to uh, Gabby, uh, and Gabby will get there without a shadow of a doubt. Well, Walter, we weren't waiting very long for goal number two. Neil Warnock after the game called it a fluke. A short corner routine with Gundogan and Leroy Sane tees up Gundogan to flight in a beautiful cross from the right. When it arrived in the box, Bernardo sends a looping backward header into the far corner. Was that a fluke for you, Walter? The first thing you did wrong there, Mike, is mention Neil Warnock. <laughs> yeah, and he's I, just... absolutely. He's... Don't go, don't go there. <laughs> he's just a he's just a bitter old man and I can't believe I know it's somewhere and I, I haven't quite managed to track it down but he'll have mentioned the uh, the cost of our squad and the wages and he'll have mentioned that we had documentaries made about us he'd have mentioned the fact that it was raining and that was more you know it's more comfortable for the Manchester based players he's a man full of excuses so is it a fluke well Put it this way, if you put it into the danger area like that, no, it's not a fluke. I mean, there's no more dangerous area than the top corner of a net. So I've absolutely, no, I thought it was, uh, we're talking about a player who's unbelievably aware of the space around him. And I just think he's dinked it in and just thought, take that. Andy, what was uh, your take on that goal? Um, my honest opinion, I missed it. <laughs> I, I, I'd, li- I'd literally, I'd nipped out, I came back to my room um, and suddenly I looked up and it was like, I, I actually had it on top sport in my in my headphones. I nipped downstairs to reception to get something and uh, it, I suddenly heard, oh, it's 2-0 Man City. And I was like, oh, and it, at the time it said Aguero. And I thought, oh, he's got two. He's my fantasy football captain. Fantastic. Get up to the room as quick as I can. Um, and then it was Bernardo. Um, looked at the goal. It was just replaying it as I got into my room. It's one of those where you, a brilliant cross came in. I think Sane crossed it in at pace. You flick it on. Does he mean it? Probably not. But he's putting it into an area that's really, really dangerous that anyone can flick it on. Uh, I think if you've got your back to goal and you flick it on, do you really mean to chip the keeper? Uh, maybe not. But i tell you something, Walter. Bernardo Silva, I gave him some stick last year. And there were some City fans, including Ray. And I was saying, he cuts inside too much. Uh, he needs to do this. And, and I kept saying all the time, I don't believe he's better on the right-hand side. I think he, he's more of a David Silva. He needs to come inside. And every time they played him on the right, I kept saying the same thing that people were talking about. The United stand were talking about Antonio Valencia 
everything is inside, 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 inside. And I felt that last season with Bernardo Silva. Do something. Can he take a player on? Has he got pace? No. So is he played in the wrong position? Yes. Um, but Ray, and I'll give Ray's due, Ray kept saying he's got real technical ability. And yet now we've moved him more inside. Wow, what a player. I mean, he's just, it's like a young David Silva. And if you think he's, what, 23 years of age? Oh, he is just phenomenal. I mean, the, I mean, forget about that. The cross from Foden and the touch and the shot that went over the bar, the deflection. Yeah. What a player. I mean, he's been phenomenal for me this season. And I'm, I was completely wrong to a certain degree about him last season. What a player. Brilliant. Walter, this is the problem because uh, it seems that Peps still thinks that Bernardo is a natural right winger. And in fact, when I saw the lineup, it was the same again. I mean, Gundogan was pushing Bernardo out to the right. It wasn't until the substitutions were made that he got into his more central position. Pep seems to think, he seems sometimes not to be seeing what we're all seeing, and that is that Bernardo is surely better in the middle, Walter, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say he's been our player of the season so far this year. Uh, I'd also say with Silva, De Bruyne, Gundogan, uh, you know, you've got a lot of players for that central position. I think he wants to give Bernardo time on the pitch. So it's either not playing him or playing him on the right or dropping him in. I don't think he wants to play. I mean, there was that interesting stat up until the Fulham game. He'd never played the two Silvers together in the middle of the park. So whether he thinks that's too lightweight, I'm not quite sure what goes on in Pep's head. Is any? I don't think even he knows half the time. He's a madman. Uh, but what I would say is Bernardo Silva in the centre, you know, he's just, I mean, he's a wonderful player anyway. But in the centre, you've got, as I said before, he's incredibly spatial aware and he's got that sort of 360. Now, if you stick a player out on the wing, your options are straight away down to 180. And that gives the, the full-backs got an easier job. Um, but what I would say is he can do a job on the right wing and he does. He is good on the right wing. But when you move him into the middle, I mean, he's been our player of the season, you know. just a, And to think, we signed him for less than Everton, but Sessignon in the same window. So whoever got that, whoever got that sort of uh, ticked off deserves a pint. Andy, with Kevin De Bruyne injured, this is a no-brainer for Pep. You stick Bernardo in place of Kevin De Bruyne until KDB comes back, don't you? I think, I, 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 you know, everything that uh, Walter's just said there, I think I really do think he's that flexible and, and because his touch is so phenomenal that you can play him in like, a myriad of positions he can play in slightly right, in the centre, slightly left. I mean, you saw yesterday, he, he can turn on a sixpence. He, he can fake one way, he can fake the other. It, I don't think it really matters. I, don't, I really, with this kid, I really do not believe it matters. And, I, and this season, I agree with Walter, he's, he's just been a revelation. And when you think about it and you go... Well, hold on. We've had possibly one of the best passers in world football, one of the most creative people in world football in Kevin De Bruyne has been out injured, and yet what we've replaced them with is—I mean, we're talking—we're talking about still children. We're talking about kids. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like where are we going to be in three or four years' time with these players? With De Bruyne is going to be at the age of. 
getting into the, you know, 27, 28, where he's going to really come into his own. And then Bernardo Silva's going to be, what, 25, 26? And then we've got Raheem Sterling. I mean, it's it's frightening. And and I think every other football team in world football should be looking at it going, what we did last season, and Pep did last season, where he reduced the age of the squad to a significantly low level of age-wise, where they're 21, 22, 23, 24. Our oldest main players sort of that we bought in were 25, 26. And then we supplement them with Sergio and everyone and got rid of the likes of Yaya. I think people need to be looking at it going, where are this team going to be in three or four years' time? Because Bernardo Silva, for me, is the natural... I mean... Right, I'll ask you one question. David Silva, for me, is the greatest player I've ever seen in a City shirt. And I've been following City since 1997, actually at games rather than when I was born. I won't tell you what year I was born. But you're looking at a player of David Silva's quality that would get into any team. And if you said even now or last season, would he get in the Barca or Real team? course he would even if it's just for a year or or 24 months whatever how are we going to replace david silver you'd look around the world and go isco maybe or whatever well we've got him we've got him in bernardo silver we've got this player that has the same close control technical ability passing range and possibly and i'll say this and it might be controversial better scoring record than david silver has um, so it's only good times, Walter. Unless he's paying for, unless he's paying for Spain, of course. Oh well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Walter, goal number three. Ilkay Gundogan announces himself, wins possession on the edge of the box, and after a give and go with Raheem Sterling, arrows the ball into the top left corner. Unreal. Now, if you had been reading this in a newspaper report, when you read about a goal like that, you would think that those names should be reversed, really, and it's Sterling who's who's done that amazing piece of skill. What was your reaction to that goal from Ilkay Gundogan? I thought it was the best goal of the three. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Sterling, because Sterling did something very very, very similar against Wolves, yeah. but it pulled off the save of the season. Gundogan, what I liked about him was he got the ball and he, you know it, it was that awareness of what was around him, and he used a bit of skill, took a couple of players out of it, and then he's laid it off to Sterling, and Sterling's just put, and then he's made the room for himself again, and Sterling's just slid it out to him, and he struck the ball weirdly. I, mm, I don't yeah. know how he's caught it. He's it's like mm. a toe poke in the bottom of the ball or something it was I don't know I've not, I've not seen someone strike a ball like that and you could see he hit it like that to get the lift on the ball to get it up into that top corner that's exactly where he was aiming for and that's exactly where it went that was a phenomenal finish Andy Gundogan's had a back injury a cruciate knee ligament injury he's really answering his critics now and there were quite a few of them me included maybe not now but you know, last year and on a few games. Uh, and it wasn't about him personally. It was my, my, my issue, which I said in the post-match reaction last night, was uh, I, certainly after the Leon game, was I just don't believe that we're effective enough or mobile enough or quick enough when we play Silva, Gundogan and Fernandinho in a midfield three um, under Pep style at the moment. But suddenly we dropped Silva or put Silver on the bench, 
and we put Gundogan in, and we surround them with Leroy Sane on the left, Raheem Sterling on the right. It's a it's a completely different beast. Now I think if we if Pep would have done what he did yesterday uh, midweek against Leon, oh yeah, no chance, no chance we would have got beat, no chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never been about Gundogan. It's just been about when he's being played alongside some older, maybe less mobile players. And uh, wow, so yesterday I must admit I hold my hands up. What a performance by Ilkay Gundogan. It's the best performance he's had in the blue shirt. It wasn't It wasn't just his goal, and I agree with Walter. I mean, it was a weird... I looked at it and a, three or four times on a replay and thought, Where, where's he hit? It, it was weird. It, was, it wasn't like... I said on the post-match interview reaction that it was almost like Sterling against Southampton, where he cut in and then hit it and curled it in the... But then when I saw it again, I'm thinking, he's not even hit it like that. It's a weird one. But it's exactly where he wanted it. And it wasn't just, it wasn't, his goal was brilliant. It was everything else he did. He was on the left wing, crossing it in, the, the brilliant, you know, next goal. He was, a, he was brilliant yesterday. And can he do that week in, week out? If he can, then De Bruyne. Is he going to get back in this team? <laughs> Walter, a Gundogan stats for the night were one goal, one assist, a couple of pre-assists, 93.2 pass accuracy. I think it was after that third goal, as you mentioned earlier on, Joe Rolls almost ended Ilkay's night with such a a terrible knee-high challenge. The guy that you said that we should not name, the manager of Cardiff, was probably rubbing his hands in glee when he saw that. What do you think, Walter? I think what he's done is he's actually seen this worldy goal and just completely untalented prick that he what he is went out to hurt him you know and it's he, he can't live with him I've as with previous people or people who've listened to the podcast previously will know I've always bigged up Gundogan and the reason I say that is he's a guy without an ego he will come in and City fans will get on his back and other people get on his back because he's not Kevin De Bruyne he's not David Silva so people will get on his back but what I'm saying to you is a guy who can come off the bench the drop-off from quality is far more minimal than any of our rivals when they've got to start bringing off people off the bench. And he's prepared to pay that role. Clubs have been offering big money for him and we've turned it down because it's quite unusual to get a player with such a small ego who can do it on the pitch. Any other premiership team, and I say any other, he'd be in their midfield. But he's prepared to play that role for us. I'm having it all day long. Andy... Sterling was beginning to create absolute mayhem every time he was on the ball at that stage. Goal number four, Sterling slides Gundogan in down the left channel and he pings a beautiful ball across the box and it was just a formality for Mares to tap that in. And that was a great thing to happen because now Mares is up and running. What did you think of that one? Most of us as City fans will agree that when we've seen Mares this season, we've been a little bit underwhelmed. But I think if you if you are objective, he needs time. He needs time not only to look at and, and to get used to Pep Guardiola's style. We've seen players that have taken nearly six to twelve months to get used to it. Um, so I think every City fan was just desperate. You know, please score a goal. Get get that monkey off your back. Get you know, do something. Um, so it was brilliant. I mean, what a ball. 
I mean, I think Raheem Sterling this season has shown such a intelligence to his game now. It's clearly getting older. He's clearly had two years under Pep whereby he's starting to learn more things that he can not only play on the right like he did yesterday and and destroy four or five players within five seconds, but he can actually switch to the left. He can go around the outside. He's happy. He's now looks comfortable to try and have a cross on his left foot, but he can come inside and he brings others into play. And But this time, he dropped a little bit deeper. And to see Gundogan flying down the left wing, where Sane would normally have been, and a lovely ball through. And, and you know, you saw Gundogan doing basically what Walt said, very intelligent play. He just had a little glance up. And you, it, we'd, I think we'd seen it about 10, 20 minutes earlier where they'd put a cross across and the keeper came out and he, he saved it. This time, it was with more power. He looked up, brilliant ball. Could he miss? Well, some people might say if it was Sterling, it might have gone over the bar. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just wonderful to see Mares get a tap in and I don't care. I said on my post-match reaction last night, Sterling scored, what, 8, 9, 10 11 of those type of goals last season, it makes no difference. When it comes to records, you have to be in the right place at the right time. It doesn't matter whether you hit it from 30 yards or 3 yards. Uh, goals are goals. That's what win matches and win, win points. So he was in the right place at the right time. Brilliant for Mares. Walter Mares had been subbed on on 61 minutes. Phil Foden was subbed on on the 69th minute. Everything started to purr so nicely. I'll ask both of you, but Walter, first of all, before we get to the final goal, what did you think of this 20-minute cameo, I guess, by Phil Foden? I thought Phil Foden, I mean, what made me laugh? As soon as I saw Mares coming on the pitch, I just put a tweet out saying Mares goal incoming. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh... Missed it, Meg, and then I thought I'd push me luck, and then I thought I'd try and fill Foden. So when he had his chance at the end, I was gutted. Foden seemed to be turning into a man. He looked bigger, not just tall, he looks taller, he looks more bulky, but he's still got that pace and he's still got that energy about him. He is, I mean, people forget how young this lad is. You know, it made me laugh when people were saying, you know, City should be playing, you know, Phil Foden week in week out, and I'm thinking this was this was when he was 17. And I'm no thinking way. that wouldn't do his development any good whatsoever. And if you had a, a lad who's going to be going into a first team, which first team in the country as a neutral would you pick, and what manager would you pick? You know, it's got Pep and City written all over. It. He's getting a footballing education that you just can't buy. I thought he looked. To be honest, he looked comfortable. And if you remember when I tried to predict one of the um, one of the sort of teams, I think for previously, I think it was the Fulham game, and I was talking about Phil Foden coming off the bench. I said, "Well, no, that's not a given." I says, "What I would like to do is, if we're three nil up, four nil up, that's when you bring a young lad into a winning team with a winning mentality, who are actually winning. And if he messes up badly, well, it doesn't matter in the slightest. And you could take him to one side and tell him that if you one nil behind." That's when you're putting pressure on him that he doesn't need at that age. So, for me, he looked comfortable. He looked great. His vision was good. He, he was desperate to score. And when that lad scores, I mean, it's going to be like Bournemouth on steroids, you know, with Sterling. <laughs> I think half the crowd are going to be coming on the pitch. I think he's going to be carried around the, the, the main stand, the away stand. So, I'm hoping in some respects, you know, it happens at home. 
but he's just going to lose his marbles, isn't he? And you can see that every time he gets the ball, even with that sort of hunger and that kind of will, he doesn't not focus on what's actually got in there in the first place. You can see this lad in the middle who's a special talent. And as I said to you, Southgate should have brought him up to the squad just to have a look at him and make him train with the other guys. Doesn't mean you're going to give him a game, but go and have a look at him. See see him close up in close quarters. See what he looks, what he's like in training because he's going to get there eventually. So you might as well have a look at him now and see how far off he is or is he ready? I don't know. But to get into the Manchester City team, I but hand on heart believe is a lot harder to get than to get into the England team. Andy, would your money be on Foden starting against Oxford United and maybe even bagging his first goal? Oof. Um, well, that's two bets, Mike. First bet, yeah, I'll put £100 on it right now that Foden starts against Oxford. Definitely. Uh, I think he'll definitely start. Score a goal, maybe a quid. I'll put a quid on it. But um, Foden, I agree with everything that Walter's just said. Uh, I just think it's. Um, I, I said it in a in the. I think it was the Cardiff pre-match video that we did. I just wish people would get off his back. Whether that's City fans, whether it's pundits, whether it's Adrian Durham from Sport or whatever. I mean, he talked about it the other night saying that he can't believe it's disgusting that Pep didn't give against Leon 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And he should, oh, it's, it's, the kid is, he turned 18 in May. Okay. My lad, I've got a son who's 18. He's 19 in December. His best friend plays for Liverpool. He's now on loan at Sheffield United. I'm not going to name him, but I've seen him over the last year grow from a kid like my lad to quite you know, a big lad. And that's where Phil Foden needs to go. He needs to grow. He needs to. He needs time. And I just find it ridiculous with some City fans that just constantly, you know, Foden should be in the team. Of he's a baby. Give him, you know, stop the pressure on the kid. He'll get time. Pep knows what he's doing. He's brought through kids at Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Let him just give him his head when he feels it's right. We saw yesterday, and I thought out of all the games that Foden's played so far, I agree with Walter, he looked physically bigger, stronger. I mean, the run that he took with the ball that came through, it was almost like a physicality of pushing a player away, taking the ball into his stride. Would we have loved to have seen him just strike it slightly harder and score? Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, as Walter said, when he does score, it's going to go absolutely mental because this kid is going to be... Well, let's say what we're in now, 2018, let's say 2021, we've got Bernardo Silva playing the David Silva role with Phil Foden next to him, pulling all the strings. So this kid is seriously special. Should have been in the England squad. Gareth Southgate, you've missed an absolute chance here to look at a really, really brilliant kid that we haven't got any creativity in the England squad. Nothing Forget Wilshire, get Foden in for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, goal number five. Mares was gifted the ball inside Cardiff box. He takes it, jinx, one way jinx the other, and curls a beauty round 
the keeper Etheridge. That was a, that one got me off my seat. And I think every City fan just thought, right, he's arrived. What did you think of that one? I thought the first goal was a pep goal. It was a, a Raheem Sterling goal. Like Sterling scored a tapping against Fulham, didn't he? Uh, that's it, the whole system's designed to have somebody there. I thought it was a pep goal, and I thought the second goal was a Leicester goal. The way he's got the yeah. ball, he's yeah, juked yeah, yeah. it, and it's a moment of individual brilliance, and he's pounced on a mistake, and he's just, his left foot, he's curled it, he's hit it, and it's ended up in the back of the net. What a wonderful piece of, of brilliance, and we've seen that for the last few years at Leicester, so it was no surprise to me, and it was just nice just to make it a high five, as it were, against Neil Warnock. <laughs> Andy, at this stage of the game, after number five, the scoreline could have been anything. Sane had a header that skimmed the post. Sterling forced the keeper to palm over. Something interesting happened on the 74th minute. John Stones was brought on to replace Fernandinho as the central holding midfielder. What did you think of his little cameo <laughs> in that role? And do you think he can do that job? It's one of those. I mean, it, you've got to bear in mind that where we were on the day, in the game, at the scoreline. If it was 1-1, would that have happened? That's my question back to you, Mike. Would, would Pepper brought John Stones in at, in a midfield role, in a holding role? Probably not. Um, so, yeah, can he play there? I'm sure he can. But he's another kid. He's still... I mean, he's a central defender. You only have to look at the best players in world football. The likes of your Benucci's and all of these... It's when they're that sort of hitting the 30 mark that they become the great centre-backs. Ramos, 29, 30, 31. So, John Stones has got a long way to go still yet before he hits anywhere near his potential because he has the most incredible potential to play for Manchester City. Whether that's on, under Pep Guardiola, let's hope it's another three, four years, he'll improve significantly. But uh, is he a central defensive midfielder? Who knows? I mean, I've no idea. He, he had a great cameo, but I'm not going to read too much into the fact that we were playing Cardiff and we'd absolutely already destroyed them from the 30th minute onwards if he did that against Leon or he did that against Real Madrid or he does that against a you know a Hoffenheim and he starts from minute one then then we'll judge it. I so it's one of those. It's easy to bring players on and put them in a false position when you're four five nil up. Stones, uh, I love him. He's a great. He's he's going to be a brilliant centre back. Walter Smith, as we battle with Liverpool, this is still going to be potentially our Achilles heel. Are we going to go in for someone in the market in January? Because Fernandinho, quite simply, will need a rest. He can't be playing three games a week at the age of thirty three. Yeah, I mean, do you know? Do you know why? Go out and buy. The one player that seems to shine to me he was a centre half, and he just seems to be playing in a defensive midfield. And he's only nineteen, and he plays in England. Declan Rice, that's the fellow I'll Come West on, now. for goodness' sake, Declan Rice. He's a, he's a, he's a, a, a an embryo. Exactly. <laughs> so you'd have you'd have him. Ah, oh, he's, he's got it all. He's um, he's calm on the ball. I when he played for Ireland, there he played three and he was he played. He was man of the match in each each one of the games. Hmm. Um, he's only he's only started a thirty odd thirty odd games for West Ham, and his contract ends this summer. Hmm. So I'd be looking at sniffing round him. Now that'd be one to sort of bring through. He's not one for now, but I'd love hmm. to see him under Pep. That's the 
going back on a general, I mean, every City fan knows that the one position that we're weakest in is that Fernandinho role. And it's not necessarily Fernandinho, but even if he has a stinker, there's no there's no one there to push him. Any other player gets pushed, whether that's... I think the only other position that's not is the goalkeeper. But I'm sort of looking at the... When you're talking about City now, we're looking to win the Champions League. We're looking to push every single player to the maximum potential. Pep can do this, but that's the direction. And the players we've got to bring in have got to be able to match that potential and push on even further. We're, um, that's the one position. And that's why we went for the lad who went to Chelsea, Jorginho. And we just sort of backed away because we weren't happy with the price. And that's, as a, that's the, only, the only position that I think we do need to strengthen if at all, come January. Andy, there is a lot of speculation beginning to mount day by day now about who Pep will try to bring in to augment that position. We're hearing about the Ajax young sensation, Frankie de Jong. We're hearing this morning about possibly a move for Thiago Alcantara. And there's uh, also reports about Adrian Rabio, And the latest one is that in order to scare off City, Wolves have put a £110 million fee on Ruben Neves. What do you think about all of that speculation? Is there any name in that uh, appeals to you? Yes, there's one. It's simple. Um, you mentioned uh, Frankie de Jong. Uh, that is going to be, trust me, that is going to be the one position, and I think that's going to be the player that uh, Pep Guardiola is going to go for. It's that simple. He's uh, he's looked at him for the last 12 months. He's no, He knows an awful lot about him. He's had him watched on 20, 30 occasions from last year. So I think Frankie de Jong, you can forget all the United interest because United are United. You know what United are like. Same dressing room, Fred. For, you know, we, we, you know, but I think this time, I think uh, I think Pep is ad- absolutely adamant, and he's going to go down the route of uh, with Cheeky and Ferran, and he's going to say this is the player. And I think if Pep wants the player, and he really, really wants him to that degree, whereby I don't care what it is, this is the player I want. Then the likes of your Fred and and Sanchez and all of those, where we turn around and said, uh, "Oh, it's too much money." And it's too... if Pep says this is the player we want, and this is the player that's going to be the new Fernandinho, he'll go for it, and we'll pay whatever it takes to get him. And I think Frankie De Jong, I don't think it'll happen in January. I must be honest. I, I think it'll be next summer. Um, I don't. The January window is is garbage. It's it's one of those horrible times of the year. Um, so I don't think it'll happen. But I think it might be a a pre contract thing or something will happen. But I think next season, I think Pep will go with whatever we've got this summer uh, that, that we've had this summer and this season, and he'll work with what we've got until the summer and then I think the next replacement for Fernandinho be Frankie de Jong uh, without a shadow of a doubt uh, as for the others who knows it's it's all uh, I don't know it's like you never believe it until you see, until you see it on the, on the website exactly it's, 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 it's one of those who knows we don't know but I do believe Frankie de Jong is going to be the next holding defensive midfielder or whatever you want to call them CDM Whatever. I think Frankie de Jong is the one that is going to give us... He, he, he fits everything in the Pep 
sort of uh, profile. He's young, he's flexible, he's come from the Ajax Academy with, with obviously Cruyff influence from the past. He's somebody who can be moulded, he's got everything. He's got everything, this kid. Is he good enough to go straight into the Premier League right now? Who knows? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I think Pep will look at players that he can mould, the likes of Sane, the likes of Bernardo Silva, and I think Frankie de Jong is going to be the one that he'll look at and say, this is going to be a guy that I can mould in a couple of years and could be at Manchester City for the next 10. Quiz time for you two guys. Since the start of last season, Raheem Sterling registered 12 Premier League assists, more than any other English player. And this tally has only been bettered by two other players. And they're both City players. Who are they? And how many assists have they both got? And I'll help you out by saying that the what number is the same for both of them. I know this. Okay. I miss, I miss 16. That. 16 is the number. That is the number Sane. that has and beaten Sterling. And who is it? Sane. Yes. And Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Well done. Fantastic. Okay. Andy, you've got a problem with your... I can, you got... I can, no, I can, I can hear you now. I can okay. hear you. I don't, I don't know whether I pulled my... Sorry, I, I think I might have pulled my lead out. Okay, no problem. <laughs> we, we, you were pulling your wire in there. <laughs> the I, was, I was pulling my wire. Yeah, he's got that free subscription TV on in the background, maybe. <laughs> Alan Partridge. Hey. Let's continue, guys. After the game, uh, we learned that a new City song had been given its first tryout. Let me read you the words. All the way to Kiev to end up in defeat... Crying in the stands and battered on the streets. Ramos, injured Salah, victims of it all. Sterling won the double. The Scousers won bleep all. Ale, ale, ale. What do you think of that? Is that a nice one? Uh, I think it's going to be quite complicated to get that going round the stand. <laughs> um, uh, yeah and no. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, w- I wouldn't even sing about them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny, I agree. but I just, I just ignore them. You know, they get enough hype in there. Whatever media outlet you want to look at is just full of ex-Liverpool players. And... I was listening this morning to the Sunday supplement and they were talking about it being the greatest chance Liverpool have of winning the the Premier League ever. They said that just before the slip. So, uh, it's funny. I think it's quite complex. Will it catch on? People need something... In the middle of a match, you need something simple. You know what I mean? That's the end of part one of the podcast. Stay tuned for part two when we will talk about Leon and Fulham. Nice to get the full out of the box as well.